Once again, it's about that time. The Brad TJ K Y Cat Stats. Again, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another wonderful episode of KY Catsats Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Woodcock, and I'm joined today by two special guests, Kid Meadows to my left, and TJ Mounts to, to in front of me. I didn't think I was a special guest, but we'll go with that. Kid apparently yeah, is well. mute. Okay, no, he's not mute anymore. Okay, anyway, Woo! we're coming to you from a cabin in the woods on May the 1st, and we've got a special episode for you, jam-packed full of all kinds of UK stuff, everything that you need to know. We're even all wearing UK today, which is surprising. Week. That we are. TJ's even got blue headphones, I got white headphones. I'm uh, wearing State Classy BBN on my RKY Cassidy shirts. Yeah, so anyway, we've got an awesome show for you guys, plenty of stuff to talk about. Well, we've got some things to talk about, um, maybe not as jam-packed as some episodes, but it's still good. Kentucky released their schedule today. Yahoo! For the least their non-conference, we still don't know the dates. That's right. All the specifics of the conference schedule. We know schedule. the dates, we don't know the times. For the conference schedule. Oh, the conference schedule, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, um, Vince Morrow is doing an awesome job recruiting football in Ohio. Shout out to Morrow. Drew Barker. We're five for five in Ohio right now. Drew Barker tweets. And Andrew Wiggins, we're not allowed to talk about him today. We're not talking about him. We're, it's, that's the official announcement. We are not talking about Andrew Wiggins but today on this talk, podcast. We may talk about Andrew Wiggins where it's all said and done. But no. no. We're not supposed to. So anyway, with that in mind, let's get started talking about the schedule which got released today. Will you run down the first few games for us so we know what we're talking about? I didn't. I don't even have it pulled up. So You're the only uh, one with the computer right now. Kentucky I starts the season off with UNC Asheville. They do. Yes, I don't know what the date is. I was but saying they do. I was reiterating what you were saying. Okay, but you asked it in a questioning manner, so I said... Do you know it was in a questioning uh, manner? Yeah. I thought it was in question. I just said they do. Okay, so they open the season with UNC Asheville, and they follow that up with Northern Kentucky. What are, what are the two exhibition games, just so we know? Transy and I don't remember what Transy for the was. third straight year? Fourth straight year. Third straight. Is it Morehouse again? No. we are playing. I'm just saying, is Transy the third or fourth straight year? Definitely, it's the third. It's the third straight year that we've played. I like played. playing Transy. They're a good, they're a good team in their division. Yeah, they are. They give us a tough go around for an exhibition game. Uh, yeah. So okay, I'm bringing up the schedule here. We can look at it here. Okay, we're scrolling down. We're scrolling down. You can go to kycatsdesk.com and check that out. It's not on here. It's on the website. That's wonderful. On our own website. Okay, I'm going to it. Once again, production meat. So, anyway, did anybody have anything good for dinner today? Hey, I went to Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. Pizza shout out to Pizza Hut. They had cheesy bread crust now. We went with the stuffed crust. Stuffed crust, yeah. It's always good decisions. Okay, here we go. Transylvania. Something called Montevallo. Or Valio. Or Valo. Or whatever. Montevallo. Yeah. Um, But then on the 8th and the 10th. That's our other exhibition game? Yeah, Montevallo. Or something. Uh, then we play UNC Asheville and Northern Kentucky back-to-back games. Then we travel to the State Farm Champions Classic up at the United Center in Chicago uh, on the 12th for our third game of the season to take on Michigan State, Ooh. who will be preseason top five. 
Okay. Uh, behind Kentucky. Yeah, behind Kentucky, most likely. Uh, then you got uh, Robert Morris at home. Ooh. We, go, we, we get revenge on Bob Morris. Yep. Texas Arlington <laughs> at home. Cleveland State at home. Eastern Michigan at home. It's important to note that all those games are a part of something called the Kitely Classic. It is the four right after the Champions Classic, right? Named after, yeah, named after Bill Kitely, uh, the dearly departed. If Bill you don't Kitely. know who Bill Kitely is, you should not be a stop UK fan. Stop listening to this podcast right now. You should not be a UK fan. Okay, don't really stop. Don't really stop listening. You can keep listening, but you, you, you need to get you, like, familiar to with who Bill Kitely is, who Mr. Kitely is. Then after that, uh, on December 1st, Kentucky travels to the Barclays Center to take on Providence, followed up by a trip that I believe the 6th is on a Friday, up to, uh, or down to Arlington, Texas, to the new Cowboy Stadium to take on Baylor. Ooh. I don't think it's a Friday. Maybe it's not a Friday. Probably it's a Saturday. The 6th, and Boise State is on the 10th, so it's possible that's not right. But anyway... Uh, then Boise State follows it up at Lexington four days later. Then Kentucky travels down to North Carolina. On North what Carolina. Is, actually, I think that that game against Baylor may be on a Friday because the game against North Carolina is always on a Saturday at around noon, and the game against North Carolina is on the 14th. So it's very possible the Baylor game is on a Friday because the Baylor game is on the 6th. Okay. We'll go right. then. So then, uh, then Kentucky, the following week in plays Belmont. Uh, on the 21st, and then on the 28th, Kentucky gets Louisville at home to finish up their non-conference schedule. What do you guys think about the schedule as it is before the SEC season starts? I like it. Um, I like the schedule. I think I think at the beginning, um, last year, we had Duke and Maryland kind of back-to-back, and I think that was kind of a killer. Um, we did pretty good against Maryland, um, and some people played pretty good against Duke. We actually had a pretty good game. Yeah. But I think not having those tough games back-to-back so early in the season is going to help the team grow a little better going on into December. That's well just said. my take at the beginning half. Well said. December is going to be tough, though. Kenny, do you have any opinion? Yeah, I agree with TJ on this one. December is going to be tough. I, I, I'm going to be very interested to watch the UNC game just to see what we can bring to the table. I don't know the too UNC many game. fans that aren't going to be watching that game. I mean, college basketball fans in general. plenty of yeah. games here to be excited about. Uh, the first thing that, picks out, that sticks out to me is Northern Kentucky at home. Northern Kentucky, just in their second year in Division One basketball, gets a chance to travel to Lexington, so that's some good money for them, good exposure for their program. True. Uh, then after that, you got uh, Michigan State, obviously, in the Champions Classic, and their first real test. I think Michigan State, most people have them in, in the top five. I think they're a little bit overrated. Uh, they don't really add anybody from last year's team, which was a Sweet 16 team, but they didn't really. They got kind of handled by Duke, who got really handled by Louisville. Um, they don't really add anybody. Where's that's Jake when you really need him? any good? Yeah. But the thing um, is, you, you don't want to doubt a Tom Izzo team. I mean, yeah, but Tom Izzo. When teams, is the last time we Tom played Izzo's Michigan State? Teams also historically don't start seasons out well. True. Uh, they usually struggle early, and then they really get on runs through the Big Ten. Um, I don't remember the last time I played Michigan State. I would imagine that it was before Tubby left, at least in the regular season. It may have been the 05 game, may have been the last time that we played them. I can't remember one other instance where we played them. But, I mean, I, I'd have to look it up. But uh, it sounds like that could be right. That's a possibility. Um, next thing that sticks out to me is uh, Robert Morris being one of the opponents in the Kitely Classic. 
I think that's really great uh, to have Robert Morris come back, especially after the year that, uh, especially a year after they beat us. Somebody's whistling. Sorry. Getting tired of get, I'm tired of getting whistled at, guys. Well, you know. Uh, but anyway, um, so Robert Morris, we get to, we get to kick that off. Uh, Cleveland State's usually a pretty good. Um, Cleveland State's usually a pretty good mid-major team, so we get to play them. Uh, Providence at the Barclays Center, that'll probably be a pretty easy one. Uh, Providence, not very good. Isn't Providence part of that new Big East? Are they part of the Catholic schools? Yeah, I think they're going to be in the uh, Catholic 7 plus 3. The American Athletic Association, or is that the old Big East? I don't really know what it is. I think they, it's the, gonna, or, all I know is they're kind of left out in, in the cold of all this that's going on. So then you got... Uh, you got Baylor down at Cowboy Stadium. Uh, interesting thing about that is that Isaiah Austin will be back for Baylor next year, so Baylor will probably be a top twenty-five-ish team. But he is uh, injured right now. Well, he may be injured right now, but he probably won't be by December. I don't think he will be by December, but he does have he does have a above average injury. Above average. An above average injury. Above average, you know, like not so not like. How would you classify above average? Well, I mean, like, a more serious injury than you should, like, than than just basic. A a more serious injury than you should get. You know Um, what I'm trying to say. Let's ponder on that for a moment. I think that a classification may be, like, a hernia. (laughs) Or possibly an extremely badly rolled ankle. Ooh, those are bad. Maybe mono. That's not really an injury, but it could be. I'm thinking about, like, normal hurt, you know, like you're sick or something, or... Maybe like broke a finger. That's not like extremely bad. You can, your finger will heal in a month. But I'm thinking like it's like a leg injury. I'm pretty. Are you leg. trying to say like he's fragile? Is that what you're trying to say? He could be. Mm, we will break him. Anyway, so <laughs> then uh, they Kentucky welcomes Boise State into Rupp Arena, which is kind of interesting. Boise State uh, is a top 25 team according to CBS, the last CBS poll. Uh, for the preseason of next year, they're top 25 team. They are one of the teams that kept Kentucky out of the tournament this year. How dare they? Um, so we get to seek some retribution in Lexington. True that. Then you got at North Carolina, which is actually the first true road game of the season, uh, all the way down on December 14th. I mean, just think of all the games we will have played before then. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. That's the 11th game of the season. We would not have played a road game until then. The 05 game against Michigan State was the last time we played them. I'm just a genius. I'll do and we lost. Ladies and gentlemen, Brad yeah, called I it. No, we lost. It was in the it was in the assembly tournament. So 94 uh, to 88 in a double overtime. Yeah. Uh, then we got we got Belmont at home, which is another great RPI game. Belmont probably going to win their league again. They win their league every year. They go to the assembly tournament every year. People pick them to upset whoever they're playing in the, every year, and then they never do. But anyway, it doesn't matter. They're going to have a great RPI. It's going to help us down the road. And then, culmination of it all, you've got Louisville Ooh. on the 28th is the last game of 2013. So, You know what's surprising is that we have Louisville as our last non-conference because usually we have a little game right in between that, Louisville and the SEC. You know what? Nobody's talking about the real good news here that I found out because of the schedule. The Christmas and New Year's fall in the middle of the week. That means we get to take extra days off. I like or, that. It's really good. It's really good. But anyway... Um, hey, um, I like the non-conference because, you know, everybody's been calling something like the revenge tour that we're going on this year. We get to play Bob Boris, um, who we who lost. We Last time we played Michigan State, we lost. Last time we played Louisville, we lost. Last time we played Baylor, we lost. Last time we played North Carolina, we – oh, yeah, we won. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you, Anthony. But you can always get revenge against North Carolina. It's just fun. 
Just yep. beat North Carolina. There was a we couple actually times. have a losing record all time against North Carolina. Yeah, so, so. I mean, it's always good to beat up on them, guys. Oh, yeah. Anyway, which of these games are you guys most excited about going into the season? Louisville. 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 I, I was going to say Louisville. You guys are so You know what? Okay, fine. Cats. I'll choose Belmont then, all right? I'm going to go with Baylor because it's in Cowboy Stadium, which is which – is, let me just bring something up here. A little analysis for everybody. The last time we won the national championship was 2012. We played in New Orleans during the season at the Superdome. I'm pretty sure. All right. No. I thought we had no. a game. We we played in the SEC tournament in New Orleans, but it wasn't played at the Superdome. I thought it was we had played a game. next door at whatever arena that the the I Hornets we, play in. We played in the Superdome. The Pelicans now. Nope. Yes, we did. Pelicans. You want to take a bet? I just like to think. I, well, okay. Let me just go on with my theory. My th- I thinking will here. say that the arena that they play in, in New Orleans is right next door to the Superdome. They share parking lots. Okay. I mean, well, I will say we, this: you could throw a football from the Superdome to the other. Arena. We are. Like, oh, we could throw a football from the top. Real Drew Brees. Okay, Drew, Drew Brees. Well, my point, what I was getting to, was that we play Baylor in Cowboy Stadium. The 2004 National Championship Final Four will be played in Cowboy Stadium. Yes. And I like that thought. I do, too. So, Baylor is an intriguing game, and it is the first marquee game, like, by itself to be yep. played in Baylor Stadium. Yep. Because Ken. there was a regional, right? At Belmont. It's your game. <laughs> sure, I will be Belmont will be exciting. Well, I mean, Belmont's always going to have a good RPI. This is actually a really good RPI schedule we got. It's really set up mm-hmm. for good, a team to... It, it's kind of set up. It's a very tough schedule. First of all, I mean, like you got really good marquee opponents. Who mm-hmm. are, you got top ten opponents. You got mid level top twenty five opponents. A lot of you these have, teams are good in their own conference. You have opponents who are going to win their conference, and uh, basically, you've got a, a schedule here that if you go undefeated, dare I say it, no one can say, "Well, you had it easy." Because this is definitely no. not an easy schedule. No, it's definitely not an easy schedule. It's definitely one of those schedules you'll, when you get done with it, and look back on, like, this is a good schedule that made our team look way better. We prepared ourselves for going to the SEC tournament to dominate, and this is something we can always hang our hats on and say, hey, we didn't use cupcake schedules to get our good wins. And in. last year wasn't a cupcake schedule either. No, but the never. teams that we played, they didn't live up to their billing, like mm-hmm. Baylor and a few other teams. Baylor. I have a question Bay, for you. Yeah. How odd is it that we did not join a typical preseason tournament and we or early season tournament and we made our own early season tournament? You know, I don't know because Kentucky turned down a bid to go to Maui next year, so I'm wondering if Coach Cal even wants to play in these tournaments. He said, I think he yeah. said before that he doesn't like those tournaments. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't like the travel. He doesn't even like the SEC tournament. That's the end of the season. He doesn't like that we have to travel. But the thing is, is that Kentucky fans love playing in the Maui. Okay, I'm going to rain on this for a second while we're here. You know, Kentucky that, turned down an invitation. That's one thing he says about the tur- SEC tournament, too. He's, he doesn't hate it, but he respects the fact that Kentucky fans travel to it. Yeah. Kentucky fans would fill up Maui, and I don't even go to Maui, okay? But let me tell you something, Coach Cal. I if we had a chance, we would go. When we mm-hmm. play in Maui. If we had a chance, yeah, we'd if go. If we had a chance, we'd absolutely go watch them. But turning down Maui is like a kick in my stomach because I love that tournament, and I love being in it. Uh, all the games are on ESPN. I can watch at work, or if I can't watch at work, I watch them at home. I, I mean, I watch the Maui Invitational anyway, 
it's a great chance. I, it seems like to me it would be a great chance to take your team on the road and play a couple games away from Rupp Arena to kind of get them used to being with each other. I just don't understand the logic of not going to Maui. You know, I mean, like I know they're not big revenue drivers, I guess. Um, I don't know how they split the revenue up for going to Maui, but I mean, to me, it just seems like a tournament that you'd want to play in. I agree with you on that one. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing them in like one of those like tournaments or anything, but I can also understand why Cal decides not to do that because it's a lot of travel you have to go I mean, through. I can understand why he wouldn't want to do it, but I don't want to understand Ken. I want him to play in the Maui because it's my favorite. It's my favorite preseason tournament, and I love it when Kentucky plays in it. I got a and question. We haven't took home the Maui title since 1993, so you know what? I'd like to take it home. I'd like to, us to win it. Are they, are they still doing that that uh, Atlantis tournament? They are still doing the Atlantis tournament, but I mean, if we there was actually there was actually Maui, we looked it up. There was several spots that we could have went this year, actually, still. But we didn't. Yeah, I mean, there we, was uh, at least what we look at five, six tournaments that we could have got in probably. that didn't have other SEC opponents, SEC uh, teams. Yep. And now we don't get to go to Maui. You know what's also intriguing? There is not an SEC. Uh, Big East Invitational. Um, I mean, that is kind of even though the, uh, the Big East still there kind of exists. Talk. There was talk that they would transform it from the SEC Big East to SEC Big Twelve. Um, that because, didn't happen. Well, we do, we have Baylor on the schedule. How do we know that's not a part of the SEC Big Twelve challenge? True. I mean, I know that we we probably wouldn't take on Kansas every year because that wouldn't be fair to both Big Blue pro, Blue Blood programs unless they wanted it to happen. True. But Baylor is like the next step down anymore with Scott Drew there. But, I mean, I would like to trade Baylor for Oklahoma State this year. That would be a good game, right? Yeah, that would be a good game. Is there any chance we can still add a game to this non-conference schedule? It's not out of the realm of possibility, but it's probably not going to happen. Um, I, would I think, say I think if we thing, could go out of our way to add an SEC Big 12 Invitational game or a possible Duke matchup game. The problem is, is that Something looking like at that. the schedule, there's not really a lot of room to add a game. Um, the only place you could do it would be between North Carolina and Belmont. Or, Lu- the 14th and the 21st. or Louisville and yeah. the SEC. Or Louisville and the SEC, but most likely the SEC team get... If if the SEC, if we end non-conference play on the 28th, there's a strong possibility that conference play will start right at the beginning of January. Um, they could be poss- They could be a sign that they're moving to 18 games. Which didn't we move to eighteen games last year? Yeah, we did. Yeah, didn't we? We so did. I mean, they, there's two more games in the SEC that you got to account for. Yeah. Um, so really, the only thing you could do is remove a game, and I don't know which game you can remove. You can't remove any of the Kitley Classic opponents. You might could remove UNC Asheville or Northern Kentucky, but that's probably not going to happen because those are sure home games, and they're and, two, they're and they're early. They're two home games early on to get your team into a flow. So I mean, you can't. There's not really a lot of room to change it here. No, but you're right. You can definitely add in a game in the last three there because they're all seven days apart from each other. Between Belmont and North Carolina be the only time because you got Christmas the other week. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, the, the week between Belmont and North Carolina, I don't think they can do it either because that, that may be finals week. So, I mean, there's a possibility that you can't add anything there either. It's, it's, it's an intriguing. Um, I think I said before, though, like, I like the I like the fact that we get to play some teams that we lost to last year, Baylor, Baylor Bob, Bob Morris, and Louisville. Um, I like the, just the games. I like, okay. I like the overall schedule. Anyway, so I'm ready to move on from the schedule. So does anybody have anything else they want to mention about the schedule? I'm excited for the schedule. You know what? If we're as good as, on paper, we'll just do a little preseason, preseason, early, early prediction. I could see us possibly losing one, maybe two games. I, I think I think I think UNC will be tough, Baylor will be tough, and Louisville will be tough. I don't think anybody else is going to be tough. 
I think that the only game that I really worry about is the neutral floor game against Michigan State. Um, I oh, think yeah, we'll handle. Yeah. We'll be too big for North Carolina. They're going to be a very small team, and we're going to in Louisville game. Rupp Arena will be too rocking for that. For game. Louisville, because you got the back-to-back national champions, or you know Kentucky and Louisville playing each other in a rivalry game already. With the best recruiting with class of all time, potentially the number one and number two teams in the country meeting up. I mean, you're talking about a game that could potentially be one of the best ever played in Rep Arena. It's going to be packed. It's going to be loud. That place is going to be rocking. My only hope for that game is that they find a way to make that game a night game. Because, man, it would just be rocking at that point. But anyway, so um, let's move on. Let's talk about... uh, You know what? I would love to see them change the time to Louisville game because... I do not like seeing the damn 12 o'clock in the middle of the day game. Well, last year it was like at 4 or 6. I don't think it was that late. I'm pretty sure it was like 12 or 2. It was pretty, it was kind of late. But anyway, so let's talk, let's move on. Let's talk about Vince Morrow. So, Vince Morrow has been on the recruiting trail for Kentucky football. Boom, he Um, has. He's been doing good. I don't know if you know this, but all five commitments, he was the primary recruiter for each one of them. I know where they came from. I know where they came from. Pick me, pick me, pick me. Where did they come from? Hawaii. Yeah, Hawaii. Eight Just kidding. Come, Ohio. Ohio. All Idaho. five commitments have come from Ohio. Two four-star Ohio, recruits. Ohio, not Idaho. Two four-star recruits. You're Idaho. Three three-star recruits. And uh, things have been going really well. I mean, you've got Thaddeus Snodgrass, Mikael Orton, Tamir DeBose, Dorian Henry. Who has a great name, by the way, Tamir DeBose. Yeah, he does. That's Tamir. what I'm naming my kid. It's really a wonderful. I wouldn't game. be surprised. Tamir. Tamir. Hey, you. Tamir. Hey, you. Tamir. Who am I forgetting? <laughs> I'm forgetting someone. Snodgrass, Horton. Snodgrass, Horton. DeBose. DeBose. Hendricks. Daryl Long. Daryl Long. Two commitments last week. Daryl Long, tight end. Three star guy. Uh, ranked as the number 22 tight end in the country. Would be ranked higher if he was a little bit bigger. He's about 6'5", 6'6", 230. Runs really well. 6'5", 6'6", 230. Jeez. Yeah. You want to be bigger? Well, tight end, you want to be about 250 or 255 or two, maybe even 260. But um, he's pretty good size. Um, but then uh, Tymere DeBose committed to Kentucky, a guy that's a little bit under the radar, only been playing college football or high school football for just one year at this point. Uh, we're oh, talking really? about a guy who is an athletic freak. He plays he plays basketball also. He's six six two sixty five, defensive end. Jeez. Plays basketball. Extremely athletic. Uh, I watched some game film on him, the, the rival spotlight, and he was just a monster on the field. Now, technique, too. technique wise, uh, maybe maybe he lacks a little bit. Um, you know, when you're when you're six six two sixty five in high school, you don't have to be fundamentally sound. You know, no, you just, <laughs> just got to be athletic, and you can crush. The 190-pound offensive tackle that's opposite of you, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and he, that's pretty much what he did. He there is no swim move. You go right through him. The thing about it is Zadarius Smith was also a basketball player who only played one year of high school football before he went to college. And now people are talking about the possibility of he, if he keeps developing in two years, he could be a potential first-round draft pick because he's so athletically gifted. Um, Tymere DeBose is a kid who Ohio State – went down to give him a scholarship offer, found out he was committed to UK, and decided not to offer because they didn't think they could get him away from UK. We were wow. talking about the Ohio State University. What happened was is that 
Vince Morrow's brother, Brian Morrow, is actually the head coach at Tamir DeBose's high school. So um, Ohio State came down, inquired about him. Brian Morrow said, well, he's going to commit to Kentucky, or he's already committed to Kentucky. And they said, well, don't you, do you think that he might consider Ohio State if we offered him? And Brian Morrow said, well, I don't know. And then they asked him what his affiliation was with UK, and he said, Vince Morrow is my brother. And they said, oh. And then they left. And that was kind of the end of it. So anybody listening to this from Ohio or likes Ohio State? Ha ha. No, you know, just be, be aware, Vince Morrow has been a recruiter in Ohio for a long time. And then both and then both of them, I believe, um, I know Stoops is from Cardinal Mooney High School They're in Ohio. They're both from Cardinal Mooney. So I thought, I thought they were both from. So, I mean, they're both from Ohio. And they both Listen, recruit Ohio the very well. Ohio State, up to this point, has said anybody that Kentucky gets out of Ohio is somebody that Ohio State didn't want. Now Kentucky's about to get – got Tymere DeBose, who was a guy that they were thinking, thinking very seriously about. We already time. stole Ron Timmons. There was a lot of talk last week about, about Ohio State getting involved with Drew Barker. And then today we find out that they offered a different quarterback out west who was not ranked as highly as Drew Barker. And you got Derek Keefe a wide receiver out of Ohio who has an offer from Ohio State, has an offer from Alabama, has an offer from anybody that's anybody. Wow. Who people are saying is going to Kentucky. I mean, this Vince that's, Morrow guy he knows what he's doing. can recruit his tail off. Let's just say, when we're stealing from Urban Meyer and Nick Saban, you better, you better redneck it's and It's not going to be long. There was a reason that Ohio State held their spring game in Cincinnati. It was because they realized that Mark Stoops and Vince Morrow were getting it done in the Cincinnati area. When they come down and they got Kyle Meadows and they got Jalil Haichi and then they got Mikel Horton already from the Cincinnati area, they're going down in Cincinnati. They tried to reestablish their presence because historically they've not even done that well in Cincinnati. But they're trying to lock down the state. But the problem for them right now is because of the sanctions that they're under, they can't have so many scholarship players. They can only have 15 this year. So wow. they're recruiting more nationally. And they're not taking care of the things that in their home state, and Kentucky is coming in and taking advantage of that. How many more years of probation do they have? Ohio I think state? this is probably the last year. I think next year they'll be out of under it. But Kentucky's already made huge headway with yep. guys like George Brown, 2015 guy. A lot of people think it's going to be a five star. Yeah, I mean, when you go into a high school and you make, I mean, in the big high schools like they are, like Carl Mooney, I mean, you're already making a big headway. I mean, you go in there and you say, this is, we're changing crap around. No matter what happens, with, or with Kentucky and Ohio State, Kentucky always has one sales pitch that Ohio State cannot make. And the that's that they're in the SEC. And this year, Kentucky, or the SEC, put 66 players in the NFL. You know how many the Big Ten put in? 22 out of the draft. That is three times as many players from the SEC got drafted and then, as in the Big Ten. And then that statistic come out from that um, from this, from whatever school it was that the Kentucky had been developing better pro players over the last 10 years or something than any well, other school in the nation. As far that's just a weight against the rankings coming out of high school. Right. So it was a little bit misleading in that Kentucky doesn't get as many high level recruits. So the high, so if you get you get a couple pros to go against the fact that you didn't have any high level recruits, then it yeah. looks better. This was what it was. I mean, all based it is that we have a different staff, but I mean, stats like that do help. I mean, you have to think that in the last five years, how many players have gone have got drafted from Kentucky who were highly ranked coming out of high school. I'll tell you a good statistic. How many um, guys from Florida State got drafted in the first two rounds in the NFL draft? There were three in the first round. And I think there was like Two six, of them on defense. I think six of them. I think there was about six from in the first two rounds. 
They drafted the quarterback. The first the first overall quarterback was from Florida State, EJ Manuel. The two defensive yeah, he was the ends. First overall quarterback, yeah. yeah. And the two defense two defensive ends were from Florida State. They're Jordan Werner and uh, Tank Carradine. Yep. And I think there was one more in the first round. I believe there was four. There's a few that weren't. They'll, I only saw three because I seen it on Florida State's website. Uh, they only had three. But, I mean, I know they had four or five when it was after the first two rounds. They had, a, I think, a, a linebacker, a defensive back, or somebody went in the first round too. But their defense was somebody named Rhodes. Year. Somebody named Rhodes. But anyway, um, question becomes: Who, which of the recruiters is going to break through in another state in the near future? And I've got a name for you to watch out for. And it's a big one. It's a big name. He's going to be committing sometime this month. His name's Drew Barker. I thought, he was com- I thought he was supposed to be committing maybe sometime this week. It's very possible. I mean, we're talking about Drew Barker, quarterback out of Connor High School, uh, number one recruit in the state of Kentucky, the number six overall quarterback in the nation, um, a guy that some people think is the best quarterback to come out of the state of Kentucky since Tim Couch. Mm. And I know we said that about Patrick Toll, but this time the hype is real. About Drew Barker. I mean, like, everybody wants this kid. But he's narrowed his recruitment down to UK and South Carolina. People on both sides are very confident that they're going to get him. TJ, what do you think? I'm very confident that we're going to get him. The only thing was a few of the negative comments he gave um, about three or four weeks ago. It wasn't necessarily negative, but it was not very positive in Kentucky's, Kentucky's light. But I've not heard him say anything necessarily positive towards South Carolina either. So I don't think it really mattered that much. I think he was just weighing in on the the opposite side of the pros for you know given the cons of Kentucky, which is fine. He, I mean, as a recruit, he has every bit of the right to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I think the recruiting staff has just went out and got it done with Drew Barker, and I think it's going to pay off in the end. Kenny, you were a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're a quarterback in your high school. You're looking at college. I programs. was a quarterback. I should have went to. I should have went to Kentucky. And you totally. had the opportunity to play for Steve Spurrier or Neil Brown, and Neil Brown's running gun style. Which would you pick? Hmm, it'd be a very interesting combination of uh, what would be like, what kind of people are around me and everything. What kind of will the coaches talk to me about what would be their future for them? You have to also remember that Steve Spurrier rotates quarterbacks like crazy. And can you name the last Steve Spurrier quarterback who got drafted in the NFL? Oh, good. Steve Spurrier, quarterback? I can't name the last good quarterback from South Carolina. Or the Steve Spurrier. The last quarterback from South Carolina, or from Steve Spurrier to got drafted, played for the University of Florida. Chris Leak. That's yeah. too late. That's too early. That's Chris really Leak would have been. Was Urban, yeah. Meyer. Urban Meyer. Yeah, Urban and, Meyer and uh, uh, Ron Zook. This is the guy that won the Heisman? It would have either been, it would probably been Rex Grossman. Rex Grossman, the only person I can think of. I can't think of anybody from South Carolina that's got drafted. No quarterbacks from them, no. I only know one person from South Carolina that will get drafted. It's Jadavian Clowney. Oh, he'll absolutely get drafted. Oh, he'll probably go in the top ten. Drafted. Alshon Jeffrey, wide receiver, got drafted. Yep. Um, they've had several players get drafted, but not quarterbacks. Quarterbacks don't do that well. People talk about Steve Spurrier being a quarterback's coach. I don't see it. I don't see quarterbacks he get, get it done. This he year, breaks or them past down. Couple years. It seems like he breaks them down. It seems like he it, wants to get in there play quarterback, and he just said who did he play this year? Over Garcia, Connor Shaw. That's right. I mean, he, he didn't do that bad, but then again, at the same time, he. Yeah. I, I mean, know, it, I'd, I'd rather if I was a quarterback, I would not want to be handing the ball off 
30 times to a guy. Yes, he might be a stud. I'm a quarterback. You know what? I want to do something with the ball. I want to throw the ball to people who can make plays. You know, this is just my opinion as a personal opinion. If I was Drew Barker, I would actually wait to the fall to decide and wait to see what a few get, a few of the games go in, for Kentucky because, you know, it's great to go out and be a part of history and turn Kentucky around and be the guy that said, hey, I went to Kentucky – I got developed under some of the best defensive guys in the nation, or I got developed under one of the most up-and-coming offensive coordinators in the nation, and I got to turn the program around, and I got drafted. You know, that's all good, but do we actually know that's going to happen yet? I don't think that will happen because at the end of the day... I'm just saying that's what I would do. I don't think he's going to do it. I know he's not going to do it. He wants to get his decision out early. Here are the reasons why I think he's going to Kentucky. We'll start with A. He's from the state of Kentucky. Okay, why is that important? He grew up a Kentucky basketball fan. Had Kentucky basketball posters on his wall. Then he kind of soured on Kentucky when Joker Phillips and his staff didn't recruit him. Okay, but then that brings me to my second point. Mark Stoops and Neil Brown have done everything that they can to get this guy to come to Kentucky. They have spent hours at his high school with his high school coach. They have visited him every chance they can. They have they have almost, almost bent the NCAA rules to where they have taken up every advantage that they can in talking to Drew Barker. They've had him on campus multiple times. Multiple. Sent him over 100 written, handwritten letters twice. twice. Multiple unofficial visits to Kentucky where they spent plenty of time with Mark Stoops. They have done if, – if, if he doesn't come to Kentucky for whatever reason, it will not be because Mark Stoops and company didn't do everything they could to bring him to here. Okay. Yeah, I think I think during the, all the recruiting visits to when they were coming to the football or to the basketball games and having the weekends, I think he made two or three of those. He did. I mean, it's so close for him to come, just drive an hour or two to Lexington and just say, "Hey, it's close to home." At the end of the day, it's close to home to his family. Third one, number three. I think, we're on, like, I think we're on like fourth or fifth. Yeah, whatever. Thirdly, Cameron Fogle, his high school teammate, best friend. As far as I know. I mean, they may not be good friends at all, but they tweet each other and act like they're best friends. Cameron Fogle, who graduated this year from from Connor High School, is going to be a walk-on next year at South Carolina? No. At Ohio State? No. At Kentucky. He's going to be here at Kentucky. Now, people say that doesn't matter. But trust me, if if you're choosing between two schools and you have narrowed it down to you're going to pick between one or two schools and your best friend is at one of those schools, don't you think it's a little bit hard to say no to that school? Just a little bit. It's pretty hard to say get hard, uh, no to Kentucky right now if you're Drew Barger. I mean, like, you, you just listed all the reasons why. I mean, it's then, hard. Then, fourthly, fan support is off the chain as far as Kentucky football goes. It, more than it's ever been. 50,000 folks packed into the spring game. People are extremely excited. People are messaging Drew all the time. Hey, have you seen what we're doing here over here at Kentucky? And I think at the end of the day, Drew Barker's going to sit down and he's going to say, okay. Neil Brown runs an offense that's perfectly suited to my ability. One. Two, the fan support is off the chain more than it's ever been. Kentucky is recruit three. Kentucky is recruiting at a level they've never seen. That's another thing I haven't mentioned. If Kentucky if he commits to Kentucky, Derek Keefe is coming to Kentucky. Derek Keefe is coming to Kentucky. And then if, if Derek Keefe comes, Braxton Berrios, the guy that Kentucky and South Carolina are recruiting, he could come to Kentucky. He's a four star wide receiver. You already got Thaddeus Snodgrass, four star wide receiver here. You already got Daryl Long, a highly rated three-star tight end coming to Kentucky. And there's a possibility for another tight end who's a big-time tight end to come to Kentucky. 
Mikael Horton, four-star running back who does everything. You also got the class that's already coming in the 2013 class. Braylon Hurd, former top 50-ish running or overall recruit, former uh, running back, catches the ball in the backfield, does everything you want to do. It's transferring to Kentucky, and he'll be eligible when Drew Barker's a freshman. And then there's so many reasons that Kentucky's on the up, up and up right now. They're on the come up. Drew Barker sees it. I think at the end of the day, he's going to say, I'm going to play football with Cameron Fogel. I'm going to play for Neil Brown. I'm going to go to Kentucky. Going to Kentucky. Looking for a come up. I mean, I pretty much just spilled it out for you why he's coming to Kentucky, right? I think After so. After everything I said, could you imagine a scenario where Drew Barker said no to Kentucky? Brad, I would not pick I would not pick against Kentucky. I would not pick against your uh, – And here's the thing. Stuff. Vince Morrow isn't his primary recruiter. It's Neil Brown. You have convinced me. I am committing to Kentucky. Oh, I can't, but I'm, I'm committing. That, which brings me to another point. There is another. Right? There's another highly I do, rated. I think. I have eligibility. I'm, I, I'm signing my LOI. I have to on May 15th. I have a semester of eligibility somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. I have a year Somebody or two. Somebody can make it happen. That's right. Can I have like an academic red shirt? DJ <laughs> <laughs> anyway. has had an academic red shirt for the past 15 years, and he's now signed his commitment to Kentucky. Anyway. He committed. <laughs> so. Vince Marl's doing awesome. Drew Barker, hopefully, is going to come in Kentucky. Kentucky staff in general is doing awesome. Um, this is the point of the podcast where we would normally go to Andrew Wiggins. But you know what? We're not going to talk about Andrew Wiggins. We're not. not you know what's Wiggins. happening? In the other side of the room, there is a heated battle between Eastern Kentucky University and Moorhead State. Well, I'm rooting for Moorhead State. It's a, it's a 2010 NCAA matchup that is a barn burner. Wow. We should, I, I almost want to give the play-by-play, but it would take too long. Yeah. Anyway... So, I, this is going to conclude our podcast. We're cutting it short. We're going to try to have podcasts that are just this length for the rest of the time that we do podcasts because apparently they are too long for people with short attention spans. Hey, let's just a little couple housekeeping notes before we get off here. Can I do that? Yeah, go ahead. Make it quick. Okay. I'm watching. Um, as you know, our weekend editor, Dan, Dan Bodner, uh, be sure to check out his weekend post. Um, follow him on Twitter at KYHoopsBuzz. Um, he's been doing good. He went to the Hampton, Virginia, Nike EYBL, EYBL session number two. Watched a lot of the Kentucky recruits like Emmanuel Moutier, Scala BCA, uh, Cliff Brad Alexander. Calipari. Was Brad Calipari there? He was with the Kentucky Travelers. He plays with them. If oh, he does? Yeah, he plays with them. He had a three. He had a three the other day. That's why I asked Dan how that Brad Calipari looked. So that's why Calipari was watching the Travelers. I mean, they do have a few guys that are good, like Beetle Bolden and uh, Ravens Bolden, but... He's on the team, yeah, too. Yeah, is. I did not know that. Why did I not know that? He, well, had, a three, he had a three in the game, and Larry Brown He's not on their roster on their website that I know of. Oh, I just I just read a tweet that he hit a three, and Larry Brown stood up and cheered, and then John Capri laughed. Is what I, is what <laughs> Larry Brown? Yeah, Larry Brown. You know, the Larry SMU. Brown. Larry Brown and, oh and John Capri are really close. Yeah, I know. Um, but anyway, so Wait, uh, uh, Dan so, Bonner. Yeah, just make sure you check out him on the weekend. He has good posts. Good ideas. Follow him on Twitter. Has a lot of good tweets. Um, very interactive. Kentucky Derby's coming up. Anybody got a favorite? The horse that wins. Golden Sense or Frack Daddy? It's hard to bet against Golden Sense since it's Rick Tino's horse. Everything else has been going his way. Oh shit! It's his horse. Yeah. I'm going with uh, Orb is take a, favorite. Take with charge or with that Orb charge. Is the favorite. Verrazano is second favorite. Orb. I want Orb. I take Orb. I'll take anybody but Golden Sense. I'll take the field. That is a guarantee that Golden Sense is going to win, by the way, because I took the field against Louisville, 
It's the late tournament. I was wrong. So I will tell you this, guys. We do not know much about the Kentucky Derby. We we, don't. we will but watch next year. Next year we're gonna try to go. You know we're gonna, we're do gonna some, try to get. We're gonna do, next year we will do some leading up to it. We'll do some a podcast maybe. We're gonna try to get. We're credentials. gonna we'll, 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 go, we'll do some more next year. We're gonna try to get credentials. We've been busy this year. And then we're gonna try to get credentials of the PGA tournament championship too. PGA championship Valhalla and Valhalla in Louisville. We're gonna try. We're going to try. And then we're going to try to get credentials to the Masters. I don't know how that's going to happen, but we're going to try. You know, so I really we, want to go. If we got to give some golf inside, man, you're talking about we should have replaced Drew and Matt at the I Masters. I could do it. I could play golf. I bet I could break 90 in the Masters right now from the not quite the back tees, but I guarantee you I could do it. Do it. Um, That'd be fun. We are working on our new website. Um, it is going to be released June at the beginning of June. Don't hold me to June 1st because I believe that's a weekend day. Um, I think, I believe so. I think Ju- look for June third, June fourth. Um, yeah. Just so you know, going forward, we will be Kentucky Sports Connection. Um. So yeah, Kentucky Sports Connection. Yep. Sorry, I had a little technical difficulty there. Couldn't oh, hear. Oh, they they could hear you. But uh, Kentucky Sports Connection, we will have our new website address. We will change everything according to that. So we'll be looking out for that. There may be some changes in late May to coincide with those changes. Um, lots of big things popping with that. Lots of big things happening. Um, Follow us on Twitter. There is a lot of interesting things happening this summer with Brad and I. We will be doing a lot of behind-the-scenes things to make our overall goal and plan better. So Absolutely. Absolutely. When, when, we, when we change the site to Kentucky Sports Connection, it's going to allow us to do a lot more things. It's just KYCAT sets. KYCAT sets insinuates that we're mainly just Kentucky, which we are. Really, Kentucky Wildcats is pretty much everything that we cover, but being Kentucky Sports Connection is going to open the door for us to cover other sports, for us to cover other schools, uh, professional things, amateur things, just things that are outside of our current scope, and we're very excited about that. But we will not be, we will not be covering the Reds. I'm sorry if you're a Reds fan. We will not be. Yeah, sorry. The Reds aren't a part of Kentucky. They're in Cincinnati. That in Cincinnati. So Ohio. That's not a part of Kentucky last I checked. But we will have to do some things there in Louisville, like the Derby. The Derby. Um, the Louisville things, Bats. Uh, we, we might Lexington Louisville Legends. Bats, Lexington Legends. I know a guy that we can talk to about Lexington Legends. Yes. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of things, Western, lot Eastern. Of things coming. But in the meantime, until then, you can follow us at KYCatStats on Twitter uh, or like our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash KYCatStats. Those things will be changing. Uh, hoping that we don't have to move you guys over. Hopefully we can just change the name and keep it seamless. Um, I'm not sure about the Facebook we, page, but I think we, we can. We will be trying to do as many seamless changes as possible. Yep, so you, you may not even notice it. One day you may just look and we'll have a different site and uh, different Twitter. And, do not and be scared. Graphics. It'll be okay. Anyway. Yeah, like our Facebook page. We got over a thousand likes the other day. We gave away a prize for that. We're going to be giving away a prize once we get to two thousand, uh, and we're going to be giving away a prize once we get to a thousand Twitter followers. Also, actually, so we'll be we'll be giving away a prize when we get to fifteen hundred. We'll yeah, there you go, fifteen hundred. So keep that in mind. And a thousand Twitter followers. We're still trying to get there. Follow us on Twitter. Yes. But anyway, does anybody have anything else that they want to say at the conclusion of this podcast? Silence. Go Kentucky. Silence. Go Let's UK. Go. Go football. Kentucky. Andrew Wiggins, come on down. Drew Barker, come Good on down. Derek Keith, come on down. Anyway, so for Brad, TJ, Ken, we're signing off. Stay classy, BBN.
and let the haters hate. Peace.